The Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this, say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Do you know what we're going to see this Friday? We're going to see what looks like, what looks like a helpless, hopeless, pathetic, pitiable man nailed to a cross, his enemies mocking him and insulting him. We're going to see him suffering, pain, and agony. And we're going to see him die. All alone. And that's why today is so important. That's why we recognize Palm Sunday every single year. To remember that what we're going to see on Friday is not this pathetic, pitiable hopeless, helpless man. But one who is in complete control. One who knows everything that is going to happen to him and lets it happen anyways. It's here on Palm Sunday that we get to see the king entering into his own city among his own people quietly in control of the entire situation. Did you catch the control right here in our gospel lesson from Mark? Jesus tells his disciples, just before they get to Jerusalem, go ahead into the village, and there you're going to find a colt. And they go and they find exactly what Jesus told them, a colt tied up there. And he says that, you know, they're going to they're gonna say to you, what, what are you doing untying this colt? And you tell them that I need it, and they're going to let you have it. And that's exactly what happens. Right? They go and they start untying that colt, and the owners say, what are you doing with our colt? Who do you think you are? And they say what Jesus told them to say, the Lord needs it. And they let them go. Jesus in complete control of the situation. And then do you notice they put Jesus on this colt, a colt that's never been ridden, Mark tells us, but yet 
Even with the shouts and the singing, it gives Jesus no trouble. Jesus is the first person to ever ride this colt, and it humbly obeys. Jesus is in complete control. And why a colt? Why a donkey? Why a beast of burden? Seems too lowly for the king of heaven and earth, doesn't it? Why not a stallion? Why not a chariot? That'd be like the president coming in a motorcade of Honda Civics rather than limousines, right? It doesn't seem to make sense. But Jesus is in complete control. He knows that the prophecy that was made, that we heard from the prophet Zechariah in our first lesson, made over 500 years before, had to be fulfilled that he would come riding on a donkey, on the colt, the foal of a donkey, to bring righteousness and to bring salvation. Jesus is in complete control of this situation on Palm Sunday. And the crowds welcome him. The crowds lay down their cloaks as a sign of honor. They lay down those palm branches in his path as a sign of honor and respect for this king who is entering. And they shout their hosannas and blessed be the name of the Lord. And, and here is the coming of the kingdom of our father David. They believe this is the Messiah, if they understand what his purpose is at this point or not. We're not sure. <laughs> but he gets a king's welcome as he willingly rides into Jerusalem to go to cross and to suffering and to death and to grave. Willingly. In complete control. Because he knows exactly this, he knows why this has to be this way. This is exactly how it has to happen. This is the Messiah. This is the Son of God. This is the one promised long ago. This is the God himself who took on flesh to come into our world. And this is the only one who can accomplish what we need the most. This one who so far in, in 33 years of life has lived an absolutely perfect life in thought and word and deed. And so he is the only one who can go and take that punishment that we deserve for our sins. He is the only innocent one who has ever walked this planet so that he can take upon us, upon himself, the punishment that we deserved. He has his eyes set on that cross, as we heard in our lesson from Hebrews, that that joy set before him, that joy to make us his, that joy that we would belong to him. And so he went all the way to this cross to scorn its shame so that he could win that salvation. He knew this is the way it had to be. He's not running the opposite direction. He's willingly riding towards the danger for us. In complete control, knowing exactly what's going to happen because he loves us that much. Friends, just marvel at that love of God, that love of this Savior for you, who rides into Jerusalem for you. This is the same God whose hands created the universe, who will allow those hands to be pierced through with nails. 
This is the same God who, who by nature is head over all things, who will allow his head to be crowned with thorns for you. This is the same God whose eternal throne is in heaven from eternity, who will be willing to be put into the ground in a tomb for you. Because that's the way it has to be. And it's the only way it can be for God to bring you to himself and forgive you and give you his peace and his righteousness. Marvel at this love, this wondrous love of what this God in flesh has done for us, for us who are really, let's be honest, the helpless, hopeless, pathetic, pitiable ones. This Jesus, who willingly rides into Jerusalem, who, who knows exactly what's going to happen at the end of this week, and yes, he's, he's going to look helpless, he's going to look hopeless, he's going to look pathetic, hanging on that cross, suffering and dying, but yet completely in control, meeting our every need in every single way, so that when it's completed... And we get to gather in one week from today and celebrate his victory over death by rising from the dead. We get to celebrate that, that death and that rising means our justification for our sins. That as we heard in our lesson from Hebrews, that he has been exalted again over all things. In complete control of everything for you. We need that reminder, don't we? Because we look at our lives and things don't seem like they're in control very often. How often aren't you reminded just how little control you have in life? And so we continually need that reminder that we have a Savior who we see in these days of Holy Week completely in control and who is now still in completely in control of everything in your life. There's some parents who are blessed with a healthy baby girl. Her birth was normal by all means. Her APGAR score was near perfect. All of those first newborn checkups those first couple of months, everything looked great. But when this little girl was about four months old, her parents could tell that she was having some sort of pain. Something was wrong. She was wincing and moaning. She wasn't eating the way she should. And so the parents took their little girl to their pediatrician, and the pediatrician said, it's probably just a stomach bug, and you know, you just got to kind of let these things run their course. She'll be okay. And they took her back home, and after about another day, she wasn't eating at all. And the wincing and the moaning seemed even more. She was even more, in more pain. Nothing was working. Nothing was consoling her. And so this time it was a trip to the emergency room at about 10.30 in the evening. Just couldn't watch their baby girl suffer anymore. 
And they ran all sorts of tests and weren't really sure. Doctors couldn't come up with any solutions as to what was wrong with this little girl. But while all of the medical personnel were outside the room, the mother was there with her little baby girl, and she saw her have a seizure. She immediately called the nurses back in, and they said, we need to get this little girl in for an MRI. And they finally found the problem. They found a bleed on her brain that they diagnosed as an aneurysm. And they said, we got to get this little girl to the children's hospital that is 45 minutes away as quickly as possible or she's not going to make it. And so outside that clinic, she was strapped into a little, little tiny a platform and ready to put her on the helicopter for which there was no room for two parents to be on. And those parents got to say their goodbyes and hold their little baby girl, not knowing if they'd ever see her again alive. And as they watched that helicopter take off in that night sky, they felt absolutely, completely helpless. The situation completely out of their control. No matter what maternal and paternal instincts kick in in that moment, there's nothing that they could do, and they knew it. When those parents got to the hospital, less than 45 minutes later, speeding down the interstate, their little girl was already in surgery. They couldn't wait for consent forms to be signed, because every, every second counted. And as those parents waited for news from the doctor, for that four-hour surgery, all they could do was pray and hope trust. And every once in a while, one of the nurses would come out and give updates and would say, we're doing the best we can. There was bleeding for two days on her brain. We're trying to save her life. Completely out of their control. Not knowing what was going to happen. Feeling absolutely, completely helpless. That little girl made it through that surgery. And you know her. It's our youngest daughter. You know her. You've seen her. <laughs> Full of life. A wonderful gift of God. We thank God every day. Because in those moments... In those hours of being completely helpless, God taught us that everything was still completely in his control. And through that time in our life, and so many more sins, God has taught us over and over to go to the cross and forgive us of our sins for all of the times that we have doubt and questioned God's love and his control and his power. And so many times that he has dropped us to our knees and made us rely on him alone and strengthened our faith in him and his love and his promises that no matter what, he's in control, in quiet control of everything. And friends, maybe you know what that feels like too.
to be completely helpless. Or things are completely out of your control. Right, when that cancer spreads. Or when your loved one is taken and dies. Or when the Alzheimer's gets worse. Or when the layoff cuts off your only source of income. When you've got this son or daughter who continues to make bad decision after bad decision. When that car runs that red light. There's so many times in life where you just feel completely helpless and it's completely out of your control. So many things that we experience and, and that we can't do anything about, but it's in those situations and it's through those situations that your king the king who willingly rode into Jerusalem to win your salvation sits on the throne right now and says that all things are for your good and I am completely in control of everything. This one who uses even the bad stuff in this life, even the, the sins of other people, even our own sins, and he somehow uses them for our eternal good. Friends, remember Remember what happened here on this Palm Sunday. This one who willingly rides into that city knowing what he would do for you there so that you could belong to him for eternity. And if he did that, how is he not going to provide everything you need to keep you his for eternity? He is your king who is quietly in control of all things. Yes, the one whose hands created this entire universe the, and whose hands were pierced through with nails. Those are the same hands that is there, are there to lift you up when you fall. That's those same hands who are there to provide you with everything that you need for every moment of this life. This is your king quietly in control. That same voice that was silent as they crucified him is the same still voice that comes to you in his word and through his sacrament to guide you and to strengthen you and to uphold you. This same God whose head was crowned with thorns is the same one who again who has been crowned with all glory and sits at the right hand of the Father who knows all things and rules all things and controls all things for your good. This king who quietly controls all things is the one who promises he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He promises that no one can snatch you from his hand. He promises you that nothing can separate you from his love. He promises that even the very hairs of your head are numbered. This king who is quietly in control for you. For your good and for your salvation. Ten-year-old Daniel had a friend who was having a birthday party. He lived just a few blocks from his home. And there was a blizzard that day, if you can imagine what a blizzard looks like. Okay, all right. A blizzard uh, and, uh, that day, and, and his father said, you know, I just don't think it's a good idea. It wasn't even safe to drive his son these few blocks to get to his friend's party. But Daniel kept insisting, like, Ten-year-olds do. But dad, everyone's going to be there. Everyone else's parents are letting them go. 
And finally, his dad said, okay, I'll let you, I'll let you walk down there. And Daniel was surprised, but overjoyed that he was going to be able to go to his friend's birthday party. And so he bundled up and, and he headed out into that blizzard where he could hardly see the hand in front of his face. But he kind of knew the direction how to get to his friend's house down the street. And he trudged out into that cold, into that blowing snow. On a walk that should normally take just a couple of minutes, it took him a half an hour to get there. But he got there. And as he rang the doorbell of his friend's house, he turned around to look into the blizzard and he saw a shadow of a figure heading out into the darkness. And he realized it was that of his father. Your friends, there's so much in this life that feels like you're walking through a blizzard or some kind of storm. It can be scary. It can be hard and sometimes you feel completely helpless in it and there's nothing that's in your control as you're in the middle of it. And know that your Heavenly Father is always there, quietly, caring, providing, and loving. This life that's filled with so much danger and so much uncertainty, you still have a king who is quietly in control of all things, who willingly headed to the danger for you, who headed into that battle so that you might belong to him, so that he could make you his right now and his forever. Friends, today, may we give all glory and laud and honor to our king, who in his great love for us went to win our salvation, and who still meets every need in every way. May God grant it.